Performance Plus presents the Summit Club Podcast, your business roundtable discussion for sales and business leaders with your host, Bill Stats. Hi, and welcome to the Summit Club, a business roundtable. I'm your host, Bill Stats, and I'm with our Summit Club senior contributor, JT. Hi, JT. Hey, good morning, Bill. As we typically do our conversations around a current business subject, a book of some significance, and more often than not, an interview with a guest contributor. Today, we'll be discussing the topic of the career dilemma with our guest, Chris Long, of Long Custom Building and Remodeling, or where am I going to college and more college, or am I going to trade school, or am I just going to get a job? Ugh. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I think so many people of, of our generation and subsequent generations didn't really put in a position where if they don't go to college, they're somehow or other considered a failure. And really, there's so many opportunities out there that don't require a college, yet they offer great opportunities for income, for success, for fulfillment. So maybe college isn't for everybody, Paul. Well said, JT. Um, Well, let's get started. JT, you and I are fortunate enough to welcome Chris to our podcast Chris Long's career spanned 30 years from college employment to public school faculty member to successful contractor. Lots of stops and stories along the way, so welcome, Chris. Guys, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Terrific. I'm very interested in this conversation because it's one that I need to have with my son. So I'm looking forward to getting started here. I was afraid you were going to say, I'm thinking about changing my career. Um, Let's start at the beginning of your story. What did you want to do early on, high school or whatever? Did you see your real future or was it still a question mark? When I was in high school, to be honest with you guys, I was, I would say, clueless. I was in high academic courses Unfortunately, very disinterested in those high academic courses. Didn't really know what I wanted to do other than kind of be the class clown and interrupt things. When I worked in high school in the summers, I did work for a contractor. And little did I know, I actually did enjoy that. But I was very clueless when it came to a future vocation. I kind of lived in the moment. I guess that leads me to the question. When and why did you go to college? I mean, what was what was the motivation? That's that's a fantastic question. I went to college because my parents, grandparents, and other people close to me set the expectation to go to college. I'm a smart kid. The logical transition from high school would be, let's go to college. I followed their lead. Let's put it that way. Was college what you expected it to be? No. There's way too much free time in college and... To get in trouble. Yes. And when you're a person that isn't quite as motivated academically, there was way too much free time for me to exhibit an interest elsewhere. Let me ask you this. At some point in your college career, when did you decide you had an aspiration? You ended up as a teacher. When, when did that become a major that you wanted to pursue? I, I chose elementary ed because I thought that it was an easy major, If I'm be, again, if I'm being honest. But it turns out I did my first co-op and did some observing in a second grade classroom. 
and absolutely had a blast. The kids were great. I enjoyed my time with the kids. And I said, hey, I think I might like this. And so I actually then began to get serious about it. And once I did my student teaching at the fifth grade level, I really enjoyed that. So that was the first time that I grabbed on to something for real and said, hey, I think I, I like this. Yeah, I remember when there was a discovery from friends of mine that wound up going to college and majoring in education so they could avoid the draft. The aha for me was, if you get a DUI, you lose your license as a teacher in Pennsylvania. Did you? Did that even dawn on you? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to get into too many details, but there are some situations where... Uh, Talk about an aha moment for me. Yeah, I had to clean up my act a little bit in order to stay out of trouble to keep keep my uh, teacher certificate active and my goals of being a teacher uh, realistic. So yeah, there, there was definitely thoughts there. So that was really the start of your educational part of your career. Well, and, well, go ahead, John. No, I was going to say, fortunately, none, none of those challenges that you had to clean up ever came into play. But you did at some point, Chris, decide to make a transition. You want to tell us about that? Even in college, I was never afraid of hard work. In the summers, I worked for a contractor I mentioned previous. Um, enjoyed it. Also enjoyed the teaching. My teaching career turned into working in the summers, doing a side business, if you will, of painting, power washing, small carpentry, etc. After 10 years of teaching, I kind of saw the writing on the wall one day when I'm looking at my teacher's contract and I'm saying, so no matter how hard I work, I am going to make this salary 30 years from now. And it was literally at that moment when I decided, you know what? I don't think I want anyone else to decide my worth. I think I need to decide what my worth is. And when I decided that, my natural thought, because I had already been doing this side venture, was I think I need to pursue being a small business owner in the contracting world on my own. So that it, it, it honestly was that moment where I said, I can't let anyone else decide my self-worth. So at that point, were you aware of what you didn't know at all? I had no clue. The only thing I knew was I was willing to work as hard as I had to, to start my own business and be successful. I had no clue what that actually entailed. Just out of curiosity, you make a transition that not a lot of people make. I mean, unbelievable job security, summers off, holidays off, pretty decent compensation, and you walk into a great unknown and challenge of running your own business. Did you have like a, a mentor? Was there somebody that, that gave you guidance and confidence when you made this transition? Uh, my best friend from high school was an influence on me as far as you only live once. You'd be really good at this. You just need to do it. But he was busy building his own business. I didn't have that day-to-day -day mentor. I did not have that day-to-day -day influence that I looking back on it, absolutely needed because I ended up basically financing my learning curve. I had to learn how to be a business owner on the fly. I had to learn the trade that as a general contractor and a carpenter, I, I had to learn that on my own while trying to learn how to run a business. Not an easy task at all. 
So here you are, you graduate with an education degree. You're not really sure, other than you like the opportunity to work with second graders, and that was fun and you had a great time, but you have this whole wide open field of opportunity in front of you. You get a, a master's degree. Is there anything you would have done differently or if you were making suggestions to someone's college experience or a non-college experience that you would share with them based on what you went through? I feel very strongly about this. I've now been in the trades for over 23 years. And if I, if, if there was a message and a lesson to be learned from my own experience, it would be the stigmatism attached to a trade school or, or the trades in itself. There is tremendous opportunity for people that are less than 30 years old, less than 25 years old, to pursue being a business owner in the trades. If I had it to do over again, I was in high academic classes, was very blessed that I, I, my potential was there. Let's say I didn't fulfill my potential <laughs> academically, but um, just because you're smart doesn't mean you have to go to college. Yeah, that might be a taboo statement, but I feel strongly about that. There is a need and only getting bigger for young people to enter the trades. And when I say the trades, I mean plumbing, HVAC, electric, general contracting, carpentry, any of those uh, items in the trades. If I had to do it again, I would have gone to either a trade school and or began working for a really, really good, already successful business person in the trades and learned my craft from them and started my career sooner. I would have. Where, where does the stigma come from, do you think? Because it's interesting you said that. I was thinking the same thing that before you with those experiences, but there's always kind of, you, what are you doing? I'm going to trade yeah. school. Yeah, the social pressure, I feel, is so massive now. It's grown even from, I mean, I'm 51 years old, so we're talking, you know, 30 years ago plus where... I was feeling pressure from my own family. Well, now it's the keeping up with the Joneses syndrome where, oh, my son or daughter is going to X school or Y school or whatever. Well, that's great. And if that's for you, that's fantastic. I encourage you. If you're an academic and you want to pursue doing it, then I encourage you to go win the day and go for it. But not everyone is in that boat. So I think the social pressure is what pushes families and kids to go somewhere, i.e. college, that they don't really want to go. And if you would really speak to them off the record and with no pressure, they'd say, you know, I, I really do enjoy carpentry. I, I really do enjoy uh, electric. You know, there's people with engineer minds that could be in the HVAC industry that would destroy it. But do I have to go to college because that's what everyone's telling me to do? You know, Chris, it's interesting. You know, when you're, when you're saying that, the old expression popped into my mind. Do something you love and you'll never work Absolutely. a day in your life. Yep. But it seemed to be like there was a caveat, probably starting in the 1960s, where only if you went to college. Yes. <laughs> you know, as opposed to being a great plumber, a great electrician, whatever. So uh, Agreed. Yeah. To your point now, you 
people that are in a position to hire people, lots of times they put a, put a threshold there where you have to have a college degree or you have to have gone to college. It's like, right. really? Yeah. I'm going to go very off point from our discussion about the trades, but uh, a mutual friend of uh, Bill and I spent his career in the computer business. Always like highlights the fact that Larry Ellison, Steve Jobs, and Bill Gates do not have college degrees, Indeed. but you must have a college degree for work for their companies, right, right, which right. means they wouldn't even qualify yes. to work there. Alan, yes. I knew as soon yeah. as you started, it's like yeah. Alan, and it's. I just think um, I don't know about John's primitive years, but it, in in the past there were things like. Model trains, uh, little gasoline-powered airplanes, and th- there were a lot of things. At least for a for a young boy or a man, young man, to learn like mechanical skills, like don't get hit with a flying gas-powered plane, <laughs> or don't get electrocuted wiring your line on platform. Right. Uh, it seems like all of that has been replaced by sitting in front of a computer screen, and am I? Missing something, or are we already well, kind of stigmatizing them from what the... We are. We are. And I think there is a small groundswell of support for, for what I've been talking about this morning, because let's talk about the cost of college. We don't need... That's a whole topic for you know another day. But, you know, my, my answer to anyone would say, okay, well, you have two, two ways in our particular discussion you can go with. If you're interested in the trades... And you think you might want to pursue something like that. Well, we have a choice. We can either go work in the real world for a company that does the particular trade you're one and you're learning skill sets, etc. And starting your career path while making money. Or you go to college, like I did. I'm, I'm the first one to admit it. This is me. I had no clue what I wanted to do. Oh, but you'll figure it out. Well, you're going to figure it out paying $75,000 a year now to figure it out. And are, are we willing for everybody to say, hey, it's okay to be $200,000 in debt by the time you graduate because maybe you'll get a job. There's jobs right now to be had and a fantastic career path. What's the end game, guys? The end game is a lot of people want to be financially secure having the freedom to do what you want to do, have a family, provide nice things for you, have well-balanced life. Well, all of those things can be achieved by going the route that I'm talking about instead of maybe going to college, which, by the way, that's fine if you want to, but it's not for everybody. Chris, you made the transition. I'm sure there's a lot of people who think about it that maybe don't pull the trigger or they're thinking about it and don't know what the timing is going to be and things like that. When you did it, what did you feel were the attributes that you had or you needed to be a success in making your transition? The, the number one thing, and I'll always believe this, is do you have the skill to manage people? Because the world, in my opinion, no matter what profession you choose, is about managing people. If you're going to be in a service business, How do you manage your customers? How are you going to manage your eventual employees? How are you going to manage personalities? So I think 
people skills and managing people is by far the most important thing. Right behind that, or equal to, is ethically, what are you like as a person? I feel strongly that if you have a strong moral compass and you do right by people and you have a strong ethical background, then that is going to lead you far in life. I, I really feel that way. And the, the other things that are needed personality-wise is you know, determination. Uh, how do you face adversity? How do you respond to adversity? Um, are you a, an organized, which I struggle with sometimes, are you an organized person? These are all, the, in my opinion, the, the strongest traits needed for anybody that's going to pursue running their own business. Where do today's opportunities come from? Well, today's opportunities come from, I mean, again, I'm going to speak specifically to uh, my business, which is I'm, I'm a general contractor and, and carpenter. People, since the pandemic, have been very interested in reinvesting into their own homes. A lot of people are working from home now. A lot of people are at home looking at their houses saying, hey, my kitchen's 15 years old. I need to create a new office space. My bathroom needs updating. People spend a lot more time at home now than before. And when they do that, they want to be in a place where they want to improve. So I've had uh, a ton of success lately with people reinvesting into their own homes in the remodeling market. Other things that uh, come up, it's, it's extremely unfortunate, but you know, there are opportunities if you are young and, and mobile, etc., and, and smart and have been running your business. I mean, with the different unfortunate natural disasters, et cetera, we've had, there's hurricanes that happen on the coast. There's storms that happen where people need to rebuild their lives and rebuild their homes. Um, there, there's opportunity there as well. I'm not saying be, in our industry, we call it storm chasers. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there are opportunities for people that say, my life has been changed. I need someone that can help me uh, rebuild. Yeah. The Jersey Shore is close by to do that too. Advice to others that would make either a start or a transition a little easier, what would you say? My best advice to anyone who is looking to potentially explore an opportunity in the trades and to build a small business would be to learn the actual trade that you're looking to pursue. And what I mean by that is you will have more credibility in the field and you have more credibility amongst your peers in this industry if you have done the work that you are procuring clients for. It is a very proud industry where if you know what you're doing and what you're saying, it goes a long way. So I would I would encourage someone to just get down and dirty and work alongside someone, be an apprentice, be a paid apprentice, whatever. Because you're going to make money as you're learning the trade. But that is not the end game. The end game is we're talking about running a small business in the trade. So in addition to that, you're going to have to hustle, but that's the name of the game here is I would be taking classes, whether it be at night, on weekends, whatever, in entrepreneurship, small business organization, you know, how to start, etc., small business, and how to market. So marketing is a whole different topic that I would highly encourage people to pursue. It's, it's essential. Chris, I, I love what you just said. Because so many people think, 
Well, if, if you go into the trades, you're not going to learn. What you're saying is you're going into the trades. You still have to educate yourself. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Not only about the trade, but if you're running a business and the accounting and all the different things that go into running a business. So it's not as though you're in the trades and you're not educated. Absolutely. And look, you, you know, in, in five to seven years after running a business, of course, I, I don't want to be doing my own marketing. But if you know the market, if you know what people are going to help you with, you're less likely to be taken advantage of. You can put your hard-earned dollars into smarter areas of advertising, marketing. You have different ways of, of going about it so that you are actively involved in how you're going to grow your business. So learning and always learning has to happen at all times. If you think you know everything, you don't. I'm, 20, I'm now 24 years into this full-time, and I learn something new every day. So it's not like you're starting a job. You're you're starting an opportunity that you can grow an organization. It's a business. It's not just a job. I couldn't agree more. It is it is a way of life. Any small business owner will tell you that. They eat it, sleep it. But it is bigger than a job. And a lot of people that are in my industry and other industries... Uh, get caught in the, in the weeds, as I've always used that expression, especially when I was a server and a bartender back in the day as well. But you get caught up in the day to day, and you're you're mired in the business. If you want to work on an organization, because I I love that expression. That's where most small business owners want to be. You have to work on your business and not in your business. And the only way to do that is to set your sights of it, it's a process. And there are going to be those first several years where you are going to pay your dues and you are going to learn and you're going to keep learning. But the key is, how do you want to spend your time? Do you want to spend your time? For me, it would be, do I want to be demoing a bathroom or do I want to be learning on ways that I could grow and be more profitable? In my world now, I want to grow and be more profitable. Do I know how to do every project from A to Z? Yes, I do. I now have that credibility because I've done it. I would encourage people that are looking to do this to see it more as an organization. You are the leader of an organization and not just working in a job. Well, Chris, I mean, I got to tell you, this has been really, really excellent for me. But here's some things that I've heard. In high school, you didn't have a clue. In college, you didn't have a clue. As a teacher, <laughs> you didn't have a clue. And starting a business, you didn't have a clue. Let me tell you something from an outside looking in, you got a clue <laughs> and you figured it out. And, you know, I hope you're able to pass on and mentor others that are looking to fulfill their dreams because you got a clue, my friend. JP, when you say it like that, it's like, man, you're right. For two thirds of my life, I didn't have a clue. <laughs> but but now, clues now. Now, now I am, I do, but I'm also willing to admit what I don't know. Because you got to put your ego aside sometimes. And people that know me say, well, that might not be so easy for Chris. Well, that's okay. You might be right. But I tell you what, it's a very humbling experience. And to be self-reflective and being able to look at your situation and say, how can I do better? I think that's extremely important. I've been very blessed. I have four awesome kids. They're all either college age or just graduated. And I enjoy my job as a dad. And as a mentor, I enjoy it immensely. And I think there are times where I allow my kids to 
kind of venture out and make their own decisions because I feel like we've instilled enough qualities in them to, to hopefully make good decisions. But there are other times where I feel strongly to help my kids learn from my own mistakes. And I'm okay with saying what my mistakes were and still continue being. I think if you're able to use those mistakes as teachable moments and they see that you're sincere and they see that you really are reflecting on what you've done and are trying to put them on the course moving forward to learn from that, I definitely do that unsolicited with my kids, and I think they appreciate that. And I would do that to my students, to anyone I would mentor, because I think there's tremendous education in learning from someone's real, real world experiences. Chris, you've done so many things that are impressive, and you're most important, you're a leader of your own thoughts. You had a career that you could have comfortably retired in and enjoyed but you realized it wasn't something that was going to fulfill you, wasn't allow you to really reach your potential. And you took that step. And oftentimes, having the guts to take a step, especially one that maybe isn't popular. Parents want kids college graduates today. They don't necessarily want a kid swinging a hammer. You did what was in your heart. You did what you thought you, you were going to love, which you do. And you turned it into a tremendous success story. That is so impressive to me. I, I appreciate it very much. I just try, I use that expression a lot. I used it today in the podcast. I just try to win the day. And winning the day could be a hundred different things. I think if you look in the mirror at the end of each day and say, what did I do to be a better person, be a better business owner, be a better parent? That's all I try and do. And I will continue trying that every single day. So from the view of many people, what appears to be an adversarial opportunity between do I go to college or do I learn a trade? I think what we've really come to grips with is there's a blending there where no decision is wrong when, when you first make it. It's what you do with the decision that you make. And with that being said, thank you, Chris, for coming on this morning. JT, always a pleasure for all you out there that are trying to make some balance between those choices. Maybe this has helped. Well, what do you think, JT? Pretty interesting. Yeah, I'll say. I mean, Chris actually comes across, you know, having having really put himself in a position to succeed in both areas. He is a college graduate. He enjoyed time as a teacher. Realized that wasn't what his life was about. It wasn't fulfilling. So he actually turned to the trades and is far more successful in the trades than he would have been on a set career path as a teacher. So he's an interesting guy in that he's actually done both but chose what he preferred. You know, it's, it seems like forever ago for me, JT, but I think if I knew then what I heard from Chris now, I may have made some different choices. Um, what do you think? Jeez. You know, it's interesting. I think for many of us, as we said at the beginning here, a lot of our destinies are, are predetermined by family values or school values that you know, really insisted that college education was the only way to succeed. And it's not. There are many options out there. There are great careers. There are people that just enjoy the mechanics of certain businesses. 
that are not college related. So I think it's terrific that Chris understood who he was as a person and knew that his fulfillment was not going to be from his college educated career, but by his trade driven career. You know, and it's, it's interesting you say that. And what comes to mind for me is, you know, as parents, we trust that the school is going to give our son or daughter the right perspective to get started on the right path. Maybe it would have been better um, for any of us to start with some kind of a mentor, someone that, you know, isn't directly connected to the family or our experiences in school, but can give us the kind of insight that that Chris uh, seems to be able to do. Um, just a thought. So, uh Thanks for listening today. For more information about Chris, you can access his bio by going to the guest button on the summitclubpodcast.com website. Or to learn more about long custom building and remodeling, you can go to their website at www.chrislongbuilder.com. Stay tuned for upcoming On the Roundtable. Um, we're looking forward to podcasts on business topics such as performance coaching, um, habits and how they can propel us forward or hold us back, communication barriers from generational differences, and from golf, a game for life, answers to the question, what does golf mean to me from the mouths of real-world golfers of all skill levers? And for all of our other podcasts, go to summitclubpodcast.com. For me, for JT, Ashley, our producer, and John, our production director, until next time. Here's to your climb to the summit. To learn more about the Summit Club podcast, please find us online at www.summitclubpodcast.com. Thanks for listening to the Summit Club podcast, and we'll see you at the top. This podcast was recorded, produced, and engineered by summitclubpodcast.com.